Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following program is a production of Chilling Entertainment and the creative team at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and a proud member of the Simply Scary Podcast Network. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com to learn more about this and our other weekly storytelling programs and become a patron today to show your support and get instant access to our extensive archive of downloadable ad-free tales of terror. Thank you for listening. And enjoy the show. Today's episode of Chilling Tales for Dark Nights is proudly brought to you by Shudder, the premium streaming video service from AMC Networks with the largest, fastest-growing selection of horror, thriller, and supernatural content in the world. I'll be back after our first story to tell you a little more about tonight's sponsor. Until then, settle in, get cozy, and prepare to be unsettled. This show's about to begin. <laughs> it's time to turn off the lights and turn on the dark. Chilling tales for dark nights. Good evening, listener. You're listening to Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. On tonight's program, we invite you to leave behind your safe reality and descend with us into the frightening depths of the most terrifying imaginations with audio adaptations of three rounds of frightening fiction about insidious apps, familiar fears, and dispelling danger with darkness. I'm Otis Gyrie host of the Scary Stories Told in the Dark podcast, with three seasons of my own available now on iTunes and wherever podcasts can be found. 
Tonight I'll be your host as we traverse the dimly lit corridors of your wildest imaginations. Joining us tonight to help bring our frightening fiction to life are voice actors Jordan Antle, perhaps better known by his YouTube alias, The Fear Razor, as well as Jordan Lester and Adam Woolley. Now, get your tickets ready. Get your seat in our theater of the minds and brace yourself. It's time to turn off the lights. Turn on the dark. <laughs> Our first tale tonight is brought to us courtesy of author Ken Lewis and is voiced by Jordan the Fear Razor. And you can hear more of Jordan on his YouTube channel, The Fear Razor, all one word, as well as on his brand new talk podcast entitled Let's Get Personal, available now through the Audio Boom Network, wherever podcasts are found. In our next story, a gentleman enamored with the latest app discovers the dark side of technology via a new twist on a classic game. Without further ado, I present to you, Don't Install the Hangman app. I had just finished another level of my favorite game app when the usual ad popped up. I know the companies that design these games need to make money somehow, but the frequent ads get annoying really fast. The only good thing about most of them is how short they are. This one was different though. It convinced me to watch with its familiar opening tune. I recognized it at the moment I heard those somber violins play. It was Chompin's Funeral March. Anyone who has ever watched a cartoon is sure to have heard that composition before. It was so frequently played whenever a character was about to meet his doom. As the music progressed, a brightly colored noose slowly descended, swaying back and forth until it reached the middle of the screen and then stopped. The title of the game started to come into focus letter by letter while random photos of people's faces appeared with their heads centered in the loop of the rope. The headshots were all cropped neatly so that the rope fit perfectly around their throats. Holy shit, I thought, as the last photo that appeared in the noose was the one I used for my Facebook profile, cropped just like the others. I know it wasn't a major stretch for a game to do something like that, I just wasn't expecting it. That upped the cool factor for me. By the time my picture was displayed, the title of the game had fully appeared and the music cut off. Hangman, it declared in an Old West style font, each letter hanging from a rope. Kudos to the game's marketing department, the ad managed to pique my interest. Eager to learn more, I tapped the screen expecting to be redirected to the app store where I could read an overview of the game, see some reviews, and maybe watch a video or two of the gameplay. I was surprised when I was redirected to the game's website instead. I don't think I've ever encountered a game that redirected me straight to a website. I figured there was some sort of contract that forced users to go to the provider's official app store. I wasn't going to let that deter me from playing though. Not if the game was as cool as I was hoping. 
The only information listed on the website was the following. You have been hired as the town's new hangman. Executions are scheduled every three days. In order to keep your job, you must execute your target within 72 hours. Do you have what it takes to man the gallows? The text was followed by several photos showing how to pick your targets and how to go about hanging them. From what I gathered, this was another one of those augmented reality games that use your phone's camera as the noose to hang your targets. When you first start the game, you select your target from a list called the Condemned. Once you have made your selection, the target's picture is shown on the bottom left of your screen with a countdown timer underneath it. If you tap the picture, you are then taken to the map that shows your current location along with the projected locations of the target, which was supposed to be accurate to about a thousand feet. Once you have located your target in the real world, you're supposed to tap on the noose icon which would open your phone's camera app with a minor addition of there being a CGI noose hanging in the middle of the screen. You then hold your phone so that your target's head appears in the middle of the noose for three seconds. If you succeed in doing that, the camera takes a picture and you will have successfully hung your target. After you have hung three targets, you would then be given the choice of being promoted to the next level or retiring. The listed levels were Hangman, Executioner, and Reaper. The game's sites also featured a leaderboard that had several gamer tags listed as a Hangman, but no one yet listed as an Executioner or Reaper. I suspected that was because the game was recently released and nobody had the time to advance yet. I love dark games, and this one suddenly sounded like a lot of fun. At least fun for someone with a twisted sense of humor like me. I quickly tapped the download button, excited to start playing. Normally, I'd be telling all my friends about this game, but not this time. I wanted to get a head start and be the first person to make it to the Reaper leaderboard before anyone else. As I waited for the game to download, the typical user agreement popped up. It was a dozen pages of the same legal nonsense presented with every game these days. Does anyone even read those? I had no intentions of starting now. I quickly scrolled to the bottom of the text and clicked the agree box, which closed the pop-up box and allowed the game to finish downloading. Moments later, I was prompted to enter my gamer tag before it would allow me to continue. I entered the tag I have been using since the sixth grade. Nam. Red Nels, or so many of you may have already guessed, Slenderman spelled backwards. What can I say? I went through a phase when I was younger. Like most of my friends at the time, I was obsessed with the character. I grew out of it, but the name stuck. Once the game accepted my tag, I was ready to play. The first thing that popped up was a group of photos of people with the title The Condemned at the top of the screen. There were about a dozen photos shown and I needed to pick one of them to hang. As I was trying to decide, an unavailable stamp appeared over one of the photos. I assumed that meant that someone had already chosen that person. Good to know I wouldn't be competing against other players to hang the same person. Since this was my initial attempt to play the game, I decided to pick the first name on the list. A person whose tag was listed as Negan8. How original, I thought. 
As you can guess, he looked like a total asshat right down to his bleach blonde crew cut and the sports jersey he was wearing. I hate sports and had no idea what team the jersey was from and didn't care to find out. The fact that he was wearing it was enough to tell me I wouldn't like him, but I was sure I was going to enjoy hanging him. I tapped Neganate's picture and confirmed him as my choice. Eager to get started, I tapped his picture again to determine his location. It looked like he was over in the shopping district near downtown. If I had to guess, I'd say he was probably at the mall hanging out with his buddies. They should be easy to find as they walked around like an army of clones who thought they owned the place. I looked at the time. It was almost 4 o'clock. If Negan 8 was at the mall, I doubt he'd be leaving anytime soon. It was Friday, and he was likely planning on hanging there all night. I wouldn't be able to get out of my apartment until after 5, and wouldn't be able to make it to the mall until around 6. That should have given me plenty of time to track him down and hang him, assuming he was still at the mall by the time I got there. I kept myself occupied by watching TV while I waited for my brother, who was also my roommate, to get home with the car. I frequently checked the Hangman app to make sure Negan 8 was where I expected him to be. As I suspected, his location didn't change by more than a few hundred feet, which still put him within the radius of the mall. When I arrived, I parked as close to the food court doors as I could. That was where most of the people my age tended to hang out on Friday nights, and that was where I thought I had the best chance of finding Negan 8. It was also the most central location to the various spots the app had placed him over the past two hours. The food court is designed in a short of U shape, with the doors I entered being in the bottom center and access to the rest of the mall being at the top. I walked around the food court twice without finding him and decided to sit down and see if his location had changed on the app. As far as I could tell, he should be somewhere within a thousand feet of me if the app's margin for error was accurate. Since he wasn't in the food court, that meant he had to be in one of the stores nearby. I got up and walked over to the store directory to try and determine which of the shops he would most likely be in. I had to admit, I like this game so far. I was starting to feel like a detective trying to track down a criminal, and the chances were pretty high in my opinion that Negan 8 probably was a criminal of some sort. I amused myself by thinking I was doing the world a favor by hanging him, and wondered if I could get bonus points for hanging his posse. I was able to narrow down my choices to three different shops. My number one choice was Champs, a store that sold sports clothing. I figured a guy like Negan 8 couldn't own enough sports jerseys and was probably always on the lookout for more. My number two choice was Lids, a store that sold baseball caps. I never understood how a store like that could survive in the mall. Do they really sell that many caps or are they just ridiculously expensive? Either way, I figured my target likely owned a few. My final choice was GameStop. I only added it to the list since it was in the vicinity and everyone I know owns a PlayStation or an Xbox. He probably did too. I left the food court and headed towards Champs, intending to walk by and see if my target was inside. When I got there and noticed how big the store was, I decided to do a quick walkthrough instead. But he wasn't there. I headed to my next destination, Lids, but I could see that he wasn't there either. That store was tiny and I could see the interior well before I got there. 
That just left GameStop. I stopped for a second and pulled my phone out to check my target's current location, which according to the game, hadn't changed. He was here somewhere. I just had to find him. I continued on my way to the game store, which took me past the south entrance on the opposite side of the mall from the food court. Near that entrance is a large decorative fountain filled with coins. It was from there that I heard a group of guys suddenly start laughing obnoxiously. Naturally, I turned to see what was so funny and was surprised to see my target sitting on the edge of the fountain, his three croonies standing in front of him laughing. I changed course and started walking from the opposite side of the fountain, trying to find a good vantage point for my phone's camera. I hate them all and wanted to hang Negan 8 and get out of there as soon as possible. Crowds weren't my thing and the mall was quickly filling up with choppers. Shut up! I heard Negan 8 say to the trio standing before him. You'd suck as a detective, Beanpole taunted. You're like Inspector Gadget. Let's get out of here, Pimpleface whined. Your time ran out hours ago. Why are you still looking for her? Because he has the hots for her, Chubby answered. He likes those nerdy girls. All three of them started laughing again. Negan 8 just sat there glaring at them. Interesting, I thought to myself. It seems Negan 8 may be playing hangman as well and failed to hang his first target. I wonder if that is why he was listed as one of the choices under the condemned when I was picking a target. If that was the case, I wasn't going to let that happen to me. I walked around the fountain until I came to the bench that gave me a decent vantage point to sit and aim my camera at Negan 8 without being too obvious. I wasn't able to hear the rest of their conversation from where I was sitting, but from the looks of their faces, it was obvious his friends were still giving him a hard time. I opened the game and tapped on the noose icon, which opened my camera app. I held my phone like I was reading a text while trying to angle it to get Negan 8's head in the middle of the noose. Once I had him lined up, a countdown started. The number 3 appeared at the bottom of the screen. As the number 3 was replaced by the number 2, Negan 8's hands flew up to his neck, grasping at something. I looked over at him, and then back on my phone. His hands were perfectly lined up with the game-generated noose on my screen. It was as if he could feel it and was trying to remove it from his neck. Beanpole, Chubby, and Pimpleface started to panic after they realized their friend's distress wasn't an act. Negan 8 stood up as the counter changed from 2 to 1, his face turning blue. Without realizing it, I had also stood up, which kept his head locked into my phone's noose. I froze. I didn't know what to do. I watched in horror as the counter changed from 1 to zero, and Negane fell backwards into the fountain. His friends just stood there and stared as nearby shoppers rushed to the fallen kid's aid. That broke me out of my paralysis. I quickly turned and walked out of the south entrance and around the outside of the mall until I reached my car. I didn't look at my phone until I was sitting in my car. When I did, what I saw made me so sick to my stomach. There was a CGI cut screen of an executioner hanging a man over and over with the words, Congratulations! You did it! Underneath that was, click here to choose your next target. The worst part was that the picture my phone had taken of Negan 8 as he died was superimposed over the hanging man's head. 
I drove around town aimlessly for the next few hours, trying to make sense of what had happened, trying to find some way to accept it and move on, but I couldn't find the silver lining. When I finally returned home, I walked through the door to find my brother sitting on the couch, playing the Xbox. Where the hell did you go? He asked without pulling his eyes away from the military violence exploding on the TV screen. I thought you were going to the mall. Out was all I offered an explanation and headed to my room. Hey, he called out. I was meaning to ask you, have you heard of that new app game called Hangman? Why? I stopped and turned towards him. I downloaded it a few days ago and tried it out. Running around and trying to take pictures of someone is stupid. I was going to tell you not to bother with it. Once I had locked myself in my bedroom, I opened the Hangman app and tapped the choose your next target button. I wasn't surprised by what I saw. There was only one person listed on the condemned page. MGR Grief. I always hated that gamer tag. My brother thought it was clever because our last name was Grief, and he liked being a pain in the ass when he played games. Thus, the Grief. Grief play on words. I guess I should have read the user agreement before I started playing. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I hope you enjoyed Don't Install the Hangman app. Up next, we've got another terrifying tale for you. This one from author C.K. Walker about the secrets we keep, guaranteed to find out if blood really is thicker than water. But first, I'd like to tell you a bit more about today's sponsor, Shudder, the only video streaming service for horror fans like you and I, and a special offer they've got for those of you listening in tonight. AMC Network's Shudder is a premium streaming video service, super-serving fans of all degrees with the best selection of horror and thrillers. Shudder's irrepressible and thriving community revels in all things provocative, evocative, and dangerous. From bantering with Shudder on social media and contributing fantastic irreverent reviews to relishing in members-only perks such as exclusive releases and VIP movie screenings, Shudder believes there is safety in numbers. Don't be left in the dark alone. You can stream great thrillers, horror, and suspense for just $5.99 per month, or save yourself nearly $15 and sign up annually for only $56.99 per year. 
Shudder has the largest, fastest-growing human-curated selection of thrilling and dangerous entertainment. Think of it as the Netflix of horror. You can count on Shudder.com to keep you guessing with the unexpected. Each and every week, new edge-of-your-seat suspense, spine-tingling thrillers, and shocking horrors are added to their already formidable library. And Shudder is uncluttered, too. After signing up, you'll have unlimited access to stream ad-free on all your favorite devices, including your iPhone and iPad, Apple TV, Android devices, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Google Chromecast, and for our gamers out there, the Xbox One. So, no matter what your device of choice may be, there's no need to go without your fix of the frightening. Shudder's got your back. And best of all, Shudder's content is unparalleled in the genre. With their unique collection of exclusive and original films and series, horror classics, and blockbuster hits, you'll never run out of nightmare fuel. We here at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights have been signed up with Shudder for months now, and I can't believe what we were missing out on. Collections like classic slashers take me back to the glory days of suspense, and if you're in the mood for some femme fatales, the Vengeance is Hers set will make certain you'll never underestimate a woman's pension for mayhem again. And of course, there are horror comedies too, so you can enjoy a good laugh at someone else's expense. <laughs> My team and I love the classics, so that alone was worth the price of admission for us. Once you add in all the vast selection of new content and their extensive, exclusive library, none of which you'll find on Netflix, there's no reason to ever look anywhere else for our horror film fix. The exclusives they have, and are always adding, are absolutely incredible. The new Shudder original, A Dead Wax, is available now, as is their original documentary horror noir, as well as Lizzie and Mandy starring Nicolas Cage. Not to mention Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich, uh, which your nostalgia-loving self won't find anywhere else either. And all of this is just the tip of the blood-soaked iceberg. There's so much more lurking inside, just waiting to be discovered. Best of all, Shudder's always got something amazing to look forward to. On May 6th, just this month, their brand new exclusive film, Boar, went live, and you can check it out now, included with your membership. And last month, two other originals, The Night Shifter and The Ranger, landed on the network. You won't want to miss any of them, and you don't have to when you sign up today. All of this, and much, much more, is available and at your fear-loving fingertips for just $5.99 a month. And this month, as a listener of my program, you can get 30 days of Shudder totally free by using promo code CTDN. That's right. To try Shudder free for 30 days, go to Shudder.com. That's S-H-U-D-D-E-R dot com and use promo code CTDN to let them know that Chilling Tales for Dark Nights sent you. Simple as that. Once again, that's S-H-U-D-D-E-R dot com and promo code CTDN. What have you got to lose except maybe some sleep? <laughs> 
I need to sleep anyway. <laughs> Now that we've ensured you'll never run out of nightmares with the help of Shutter.com, what's the harm in tacking on one more? <laughs> Our second story tonight is performed by Jordan Lester. I present to you from author C.K. Walker, Death at 423 Stockholm Street. We've always lived at 423 Stockholm Street, so there really wasn't ever a time that I didn't hear the creature. He'd been living in the room on the other side of my wall since I was born. When I was a very young child, I thought he was my friend. I would knock and he would bang back. I would giggle and he would mumble words to me that I couldn't understand. I thought he was there to protect me from my nightmares. But as I got older, I started to be afraid. My parents insisted that there wasn't a room on the other side of my wall. Over time, I realized that he wasn't my friend at all. That's when the scratching, moaning, and sporadic banging began to scare me. When I was eight, I finally broke down and told my parents about the creature in my wall. I was terrified that he would come into my room one night and kill me. My mother rolled her eyes and told me it was mice. She never listened to me anyway. My father agreed with her that it was animals, but he hugged me and told me he would protect me and not to be scared. So from then on, whenever I'd hear the noises, I would scream for my father, and he would come running into my room less than a minute later to see what the matter was. I would point at the wall and cower. My dad would smile, bang on the wall with his fist, and say, Quiet down in there or else. The noise would stop. I'd give my dad a teary smile and he would hug me. He was always my protector. I miss him so much now. As I matured into a teenager, I started inviting my friends to sleep over. They didn't believe my stories at first, but after one night in my room, they were convinced. We called ourselves the Stockholm Street Ghostbusters, and we spent hours trying to exorcise the entity, a demon according to our research, through awkward seances and Ouija boards. We decided the scratching must be the creature etching satanic sigils and drawings into the other side of my wall. One slumber party, running on heightened bravado and caffeine, I waited until the familiar scratching started and I pounded on the wall, just like my dad. Quiet down in there or else! You're already dead! The living are trying to sleep! We giggled, and my friends were impressed. For a moment. I should have known not to provoke him. Suddenly there was an answering enraged banging on my wall louder than I'd ever heard, and a sort of angry yelling. We all screamed and hid in the closet yelling for my dad. When he came running, my friends begged him to take them home. I was left alone while they were gone. I could feel him, almost see him impatiently pacing behind the wall, back and forth, five inches of wood and wallpaper between he and I. I was so scared that I stayed hidden in the closet. Then the scratching started again. That was when I realized what it was doing. It was trying to carve its way through the wall and into my bedroom. 
I whimpered at the thought, and then scratching stopped, and the banging resumed on the walls. It didn't stop again until the headlights of my dad's car lit up my room. I cried until my dad, always the hero, came sprinting into my room and banged on the wall. It's still in the walls, Dad! I wailed. He nodded, gave me a pitying look, and pounded his fist on the demon's wall. Quiet down in there or else! Then he held me, let me cry out my fears, and told me it was okay if I slept on the sofa that night. Sometimes I thought he believed it was all in my head. But it wasn't. The murmurs, the knocking, and the scratching, I'd been hearing it all my life. It was real. But if he didn't believe, he never let on, and never made me feel crazy. He just played along. I guess I never really understood my dad. One night when I was 16, I was awoken by an otherworldly, ear-splitting scream. It was so loud, so high, and so piercing that I screamed as well in terror. The scream ended abruptly, and then a moment later, my dad came running in. You heard it! I cried as my body racked with sobs. How could you not hear it? You had to have heard it! Oh, sweetie. My dad sat at the end of my bed, his hair disheveled and a far-off look in his middle-of-the-night bloodshot eyes. Of course I heard it, but it was just an owl, I'm sure of it. We've been seeing a few in the neighborhood. No, Dad, listen to the walls! Lindsay, please, Dad! He sighed, but nodded, and we sat and listened for a while. I needed my dad to know the truth and to finally believe me. We were all in danger. But no more sounds came from the wall that night. I didn't hear him again after that. Not for a long time. The wall suddenly felt empty to me for the first time in my life. Maybe it was dormant, or maybe it had been called back to hell. But either way, I knew it would be back. Oddly, when the creature did return, I didn't really notice at first. After 16 years, it was simply white noise to me, a background soundtrack as familiar to me as my own face. It took so long for me to process that it was back that I can't put my finger on when it actually started. I think that's what sealed our fates, in the end. The noises were just so inherent to me that I failed to understand how unusual they really were, and had been all along. When I finally did realize what I was hearing, I'm ashamed to say I felt almost relieved. The haunt progressed in the same cycle it had all my life. First the groans, then the banging, then light, lazy tapping, and then finally the scratching. Always the scratching. I told my dad about the scratching, and how I thought the creature was trying to rip through the wall and into my room. My dad laughed and told me there were three inches of solid metal on the other side of my wall, and then nothing, not mice, raccoons, feral cats, or even ghosts could come through my wall. And he should know, he built the house himself. And besides, he assured me, he would always be there to protect me. But in the end, he wasn't. Since I was moving out in a year, I decided I had no choice but to just stick it out. After 16 years with him, what was 12 more months? I grew unconcerned, lazy and complacent. I ignored the noises, even started to bang back again. 
I used logic to pacify my fear. Whatever it was, it couldn't come through the wall. If it could, it would have done so years ago. And I sensed that more than anything else in the world, it wanted out. And since it was still in there, obviously, it was trapped. And I was right. The night the door was opened is the most vivid memory I have. I was at a friend's house when my mother called me and told me to come home immediately. This in itself was strange, as my mother barely even acknowledged me and never ever called me. I drove the five miles back to my neighborhood, but I had a hard time getting in. I started to panic as I desperately weaved through all the media vans, police cars, and SWAT trucks. I had to park and walk the final three blocks to my house, tears rolling down my cheeks as I realized that my street was the epicenter of it all. Because I knew. As soon as I saw my house, I realized it. My dad must be dead. It had finally gotten out, and it had killed my dad. I took off at a dead run then, ignoring all the voices yelling at me to stop. I dodged in between the vehicles, pushing past dozens of people, ran through the crime scene tape and directly into my house. And there it was. Across from the living room. Next to my bedroom. The hall closet stood with its door open. All the jackets and sweaters had been pulled out of it, and on the back wall, I saw it. Another door. For whatever reason, no one stopped me. I stumbled into the closet through the hidden door and out into the room I'd always known was there. But it wasn't what I thought it'd be. The media called my dad the Skinner of Stockholm Street. And from what I saw in that room, it was a very fitting name. There were knives. All sorts, really. And there were metal devices stacked along one wall, at least a hundred of them. Most I didn't recognize, but a few I had seen in history books. There were four set of manacles, a wall of chains, and rolls of duct tape. In the middle of the room there was a flat table which was very clearly blood-soaked. A tall stool sat at the head of the table. But the worst of it was the wall. My wall. Every inch of it was covered in carvings. But the carvings weren't satanic or evil like I'd thought. The carvings were words. Jacob, I love you. Diana Hobb. Tell my father I forgive him. Brian Woodland. Tara, I'm so sorry. Michael McNulty. Tell my daughters, they were my world. Angela Waterstone. According to the evidence file, there were over 60 of these messages, and I made myself read every single one. They haunt me every night. I had spent 10 years tormenting them, and they would now forever torment me. I live in a hospital now, and I can still hear the scratching. Every time I close my eyes, I hear it. I haven't really slept in a year. My doctor says if I don't sleep soon, 
I'll die. I spend my days watching news coverage of my father's trial, and I spend my nights staring at the walls. The drugs don't work, but they keep giving them to me anyway. And though I try every night, I can never fall asleep. I always hear the scratching. And I always will. I hope you enjoyed Death at 423 Stockholm Street. Up next, we shift gears from calamity in the family to terrors of being alone with a tale about how the dark, rather than the light, can sometimes be your saving grace. From author David Knoppel, as brought to life by voice actor Adam Woolley, I present to you Within the Darkness. It all started after moving into my new house. Yeah, that's pretty cliché. Believe me, I know, but it's what happened. I never experienced anything supernatural before, and though interested, I never really expected anything to happen to me. I was able to rent the house for pretty cheap. I didn't think anything of it because it was old and not in the best of neighborhoods, so I guessed I just got a good deal. After moving everything in, things were fine for a while. I don't remember exactly when it started because it seemed so minor at the time. I'd leave a light on in the kitchen or the bathroom and come back to find it off. Honestly, I thought I was just forgetting that I turned them off already when I came back. After a while, I began to wonder and started leaving on a couple lights on purpose. Sometimes, nothing would happen. Sometimes I'd come back to find the lights turned off. By now, I figured that something was off. I wasn't really scared, but just confused. I thought maybe something was wrong with the electronics. I started leaving lights on a bit more often because I thought I might be able to get some sign of why they would randomly shut off. That's when it started to take another turn. The first real time I remember something crazy happening was when I left the kitchen and living room light on while I was asleep. I woke up to a deep, rumbling growl coming from the kitchen. Now, from the bedroom, you can see down the hall to the living room and that room is connected to the kitchen. I remember waking up and thinking that there was an animal or something in my house. I looked down the hall toward the living room to see the light darken. Somebody had flicked off the light from the kitchen. Another low growl came, this time from the living room, and I nearly screamed as I saw something bolt across the length of the hall opening. And then the living room light went out. I couldn't tell exactly what it was, though. It just seemed like a black shadow or something. It didn't really matter. I was scared shitless. I bolted from my bed and then threw on the bedroom light, expecting something to be in this room and getting ready to come after me. Nothing. There wasn't anything in the room. I let out a low breath and then I slowly moved down the hall into the living room. Once I got to the end, I practically ran to throw on the light switch there. Again, nothing. Kitchen next and... Once again... 
Nothing. I was starting to think I dreamed all of it before I went to turn off the kitchen light and... stopped. Now, I was a grown man, but here I was terrified to turn off that switch. And, I'll admit it, I slept with all the lights on that night. <laughs> that was a mistake. When I woke up the next morning, all the lights were off once again. I went to push myself out of bed and winced as my body felt sore. I pulled the sheets off to see long red marks running down along my legs and arms. It looked like something scratched me in the night. That terrified the hell out of me, but not nearly so much as what I saw around the house. Every light I left on was smashed. Every light bulb that was on last night was broken. Every lamp knocked over and smashed in. My breath caught in my throat as I looked around. Something was fucked up as hell here. And something tried to, well, do something to me. I called in for work that day and went to immediately replace all the lights. I didn't know what to do then. I thought about leaving, but, and I know this probably sounds stupid, but this was my home. It was my first time away from my family, and this was my home. I couldn't give it up. So, I stayed. Even as it got worse. Even though I was beginning to become terrified of the dark, I couldn't really sleep with the light on me at night in the bedroom. I'd leave other lights on, though, like in the hall or the living room, giving myself enough to see pretty well in my darker room. And, almost every night, I'd wake up in the middle of the night to hear something growling and prowling around the living room, and then the lights would shut off. I didn't want to go look. I was terrified at the thought of being in the same room with whatever was in there. So... I curled up in my bed and prayed it never came in. One night, after this went on for a while, I had it. I bought a gun and turned on every light in the house. Then I sat down in the middle of the living room with my gun in my lap and a baseball bat sitting next to me. I waited. There was nothing at first for a long time. At around two in the morning, I began to hear it. Oddly, it was behind me. I turned and peeked toward the hall to my bedroom and could hear that familiar growl. I swallowed and held my gun in one hand and the bat in the other and slowly began to step around to get a better view of my bedroom from the living room. As I began to get a view of my bed, I heard a loud thump followed by an inhuman roar. I, being the brave man I was, jumped back and away from the hallway. I wanted to end this all, but dear God, I just didn't want to deal with that thing. I could hear tearing and smashing, but and I don't know how I caught it, but I did manage to hear an audible click. And then, nothing. Slowly I went back to peek down the hall and the light was off once again. A deep breath, 
and I ventured forth, my weapons ready. When I came to my bedroom and flicked the light back on, I gasped. My bed was ravaged, torn completely apart. It was like some animal had jumped into it and just ripped it to shreds. I stepped forward to look at what was left in my bed and just stood in shock for who knows when. It wasn't until I heard the sound of a familiar growl that I turned around. Standing near my door, right at the light switch, was when I finally saw it. It was a man. A white and rotting man with a mangled body that looked like he had once been a dog's chew toy staring at me. I was too in shock to even raise my weapons. He stared at me for just a moment and then flicked off the light. I screamed. I'm not even ashamed to admit it. I screamed and bolted. I didn't care if that was where that man had been standing. I ran right past where I'd seen him swinging my bat like a madman. I nearly put a hole in the hallway as I ran through into the safe light of the hall. I turned to look back then, just in time to see him once again near the hall's light switch. He turned that one off too. By then, I didn't want to fight. I wanted to be safe. I burst past the living room and into the brightness of my kitchen. I heard the sound of growling and scratching nearly all around me then, and I knew he was coming back. I looked back to once again see that mangled and rotten corpse of a man turned off another light with a broken finger and plunged me into terrifying darkness. I broke for the living room. This was going to be my final stand. I'd have to fight here. I drew close to the standing lamp that was my last line of defense. It hated the dark so I'd stay right here, next to this comforting standing lamp. I waited for it to turn off, but it never did. I looked around and quiet, nothing but quiet. I turned then to look at that saving grace of a lamp that refused to yield. I started to find myself laughing, a crazy but alive laugh, and I thought I'd finally be okay. I stepped closer and I swear I almost hugged that lamp until I saw it. I heard the growl first coming not from behind me, but in front, from that lamp. My eyes widened and I stared as the light from that lamp intensified. I stumbled back and I don't know what happened, but I think I tripped on something. I just know I found myself flat on my back, staring up at that bright, intense light. It wasn't comforting any longer. Just hot and heavy and bright. I thought it was going to burn me away. And then it came. I don't have words to describe what poured from that lamp's light. It was hideous, twisted, and filled with rage. I know I'll never forget those eyes, though. Bright, hot, and white. Two 
glowing circles of pure malice. It hated me. It hated everything about me. And not just me. It hated all of us. Every human being. But it was stuck here. And it would lash out at what it could. Me. I don't know how I knew this, but I just knew. It lunged for me and I prepared myself for a painful death. Click. The light went out. Once again came darkness. Sweet, quiet, relaxing darkness. I stayed on the ground for a long moment, letting my eyes adjust as I kept my gaze fixated on where my standing lamp was. As the seconds passed, I could start to make him out. That mangled man standing by the lamp, one torn hand upon the switch as he looked down at me. I understood then. I understood what it all meant. Everything that happened. The man pulled his hand away from it and then pointed a mangled finger toward it before, very clearly, shaking his head from side to side. All I could find myself doing was nodding. He wasn't the one trying to harm me. All this time, all those instances, he was trying to protect me. That creature could only come in the light. And this mangled man had been trying to keep me safe. He didn't want someone else to repeat his mistakes. I moved out the very next day and never looked back. Whatever it was, it was confined to that house, and so far, nothing has come at me from another light source. However, that thing will always stick with me in my mind. Every night in my new apartment, I made a habit of wandering around the house, making sure every light is off, every curtain is closed, and made sure to plunge myself in quiet, comforting, and safe pitch darkness. I hope you enjoyed Within the Darkness. If you enjoyed what you heard tonight, we'd like to remind you to take a moment to stop by our iTunes page, leave us a five-star review and a kind word, and to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And of course, subscribe to us on YouTube, where you can find an archive of our work going back to 2012. And consider signing up as a patron at our website, ChillingTalesForDarkNights.com, to show your support and get all of our content ad-free. Finally, thanks again to today's sponsor, AMC Network's Shudder, for their support of this show. 
Don't forget, as a listener, you can get 30 days of Shudder totally free by using promo code CTDN. That's right. To try Shudder free for 30 days, go to Shudder.com. That's S-H-U-D-D-E-R.com and use promo code CTDN to let them know that Chilling Tales for Dark Nights sent you. Simple as that. Once again, that's S-H-U-D-D-E-R dot com and promo code CTDN. I'm your host, Otis Jiry, and it's been a pleasure as always. I'm so glad you were able to join us tonight. Tune in again next week when we once again turn off the lights and turn on the dark. <laughs> Sweet dreams, listener. Sweet dreams. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Chilling Tales for Dark Nights, a production of Chilling Entertainment and a proud member of the Simply Scary Podcast Network. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com today to learn about more of our network and our other amazing storytelling programs. Tonight's program was hosted by yours truly, Otis Jiry. Selected stories have been adapted with the kind permission of their respected authors. Original music provided by Luke Hodgkinson and Jesse Cornett. Sound design and final mixing and mastering by executive producer and director Craig Groshek. Logo by Craig Groshek. If you're looking for some fresh tales while waiting for the next podcast, check out my YouTube channel, Otis Jiry's Horror Storytime, and my extensive collection of narrated tales there. Simply search on YouTube by my name and you'll find me. And don't forget to subscribe and press the bell notification icon to get my latest releases. Or search for my podcast, Scary Stories Told in the Dark, where I perform four brand new tales every episode. Got a scary tale of your own you'd like to perform? We take submissions. Email us today at submissions at chillingtalesfordarknights.com to have your terrifying tone considered for production in a future episode of this show. If you enjoyed what you heard on tonight's program and are joining us on your favorite podcast app, subscribe to us to be sure you never miss an episode and leave us a five-star review and a comment. Your feedback means a lot to us. You can also follow Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and yours truly on Facebook to connect anytime and get the latest updates on this and other programs and my channel. If you're listening on the Chilling Tales for Dark Nights YouTube channel, do us a favor and hit the subscribe button and the bell notification icon for CTFDN as well. To get more spooky tales from me and the crew each and every week. And don't forget to hit that thumbs up button to tell us how we're doing. Make a kind word or a request. Don't forget to visit us at ChillingTalesForDarkNights.com and consider supporting the team by becoming a patron. In addition to helping us out, you'll get exclusive access to our audio archive and ad-free downloads of all your favorite stories, including those you've heard on this program. We'll be back next week with more terrifying tales to keep you up all night. But that's all right. Who needs sleep anyway? Ha 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 ha.
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for.